You are listening to the Talking Tough Podcast, the world's toughest men and women at their most vulnerable. Their stories of triumph, their falls from grace, and their climb back to the top, to life. This is Rick Bassman here for Talking Tough on the Podcast One Network. Today, we're not going to hear me go on and on. Uh, yeah, I guess we just went live now. Here we are on Rick Bassman here for Talking Tough. Not going to do my usual long intro today. Uh, I'm going to get to the guests really quickly. Uh, but there's one thing I want to say. It, it's this before I introduce the guests and tell you a little bit about them. And, and it's this, you know, I, I've got this nickname. A few people call me Little Big Man and the little part is, you know, 5'4 and 135 pounds. And for years, for decades, people have asked me, man, Rick, how do you keep the biggest guys in the world that have the biggest biggest personalities, you know, in check and in control. And I'm like, guys, I don't try to control anybody. I don't ever want to control anybody. But it's just, you know, there, there's a rapport um, and, and a friendship. And something about it has always maybe made it look like control. Again, it's not my goal. The reason I bring this up is, is as follows. I have two of the biggest personalities in the world on the show today. Um, I'm going to say their names. Don't bring them in just yet, John, because once we do, you're not going to hear another word out of me, I'm sure. They are mixed martial arts and UFC legend Kimo Leopoldo. And there, there's so much to Kimo and his story beyond being a, a mega uh, legend and icon in the world of mixed martial arts. And Andrew Bernarski, who is a horror movie icon, and again, so much more than that. But the reason I brought up the idea of quote-unquote control is I have zero ability to control anything these guys say or do. So when we open this room up, I'm going to tell you right now, it's probably going to go fucking haywire. That's why we booked the show this way today. So let's have some fun with that. Without further ado, two of my longtime friends, two guys I really admire, and just two larger-than-life crazy personalities, Andrew Bernarski and Kimo Leopoldo. What's up, brother? Hey, what's, what's up, happening? Guys? Hey, dog. Hell yeah, Andrew. What's up, Rick? Hey, Andrew, good to see hey, you guys, hey, did man. You hear, did you hear uh, Rick's intro, Kimo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing yeah. is, I don't know what yeah. Kimo's personality is. I'm going to have to go find it. No, nah, man, you get that. He controls us without Control without know. control. <laughs> right. Yes, my, my my Zen warrior way here here in the wild. So my shot collar you got on me? He just lets us go. I got my shot collar, so don't, don't press those buttons anymore, right? <laughs> there, that, that, you guys, now, you guys are really good friends, the two of you. Yeah? Yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah, I, we practice uh, descent into chaos uh, personally uh, as, as fun. Hey Rick, it's not new yeah. for us. We were, we were friends before we knew each other, bro. What, what's that, Kimo? Sorry. Me and Andrew were friends before we yep. met each other. Uh huh. Yeah, by by, by reputation. The, the mana. Yep. The mana. The mana. Andrew Benarski. Mountain, mountain, mountain man with mana. I love that man. That's good, Kimo. That's I live. Right. In, I live. I ironically live in Hawaii now, as you know. We switch places here in Southern California. Um, I'm still trying to discover my mana, but maybe you guys rub off on me a little bit today. That would be a cool thing. Right. I would appreciate it. Hey, so, Rick, uh, yes. You ever, anyway. ever, you ever have anybody 
You ever have anybody smoke on your guest uh, as a guest before on your show? Um, you know what? You're the oh, smoking marijuana. No, I don't. John, has anybody ever smoked weed on Talking Tough before? I don't know. No, definitely not. Oh, yeah, Andrew's Andrew the first. Bruce, you're oh, the your first. guest. Now, last weekend, <laughs> Bob, Bob, Boss Rutten was smoking a big cigar on the show, but you're you're the first with the ganja, my friend, and welcome to it. We love Boss. We love Boss. Don't we, Kimo? Uh, <laughs> all right. Those motorheads, motorhead cigars, cigarettes. I don't. Uh, hey, are you guys still hanging out at the Rainbow Room, or is Rainbow Room closed down right now? Nah, they're open, but they're, uh, you know, this uh, descent into chaos, as you labeled it, uh, that's yeah. happening in America right now, is uh, kind of put a bummer on it. I don't like the rules; they're garbage. Yeah, you, you know, it's funny. And, uh, but I, Andrew, I will uh, be doing. I will be doing my yeah. podcast from the Rainbow Room. Oh, you are? Oh, that's sweet. When are you starting? Uh, two or three weeks. All right, cool, cool. And I know that, uh, look, I know Andrew Bernarski is a man who controls his own destiny, so I'm sure you've got it all figured out. But if you have any questions at all, uh, John, who's my producer, me, we're both pretty knowledgeable, man. We'd lo love to help if uh, there's anything we can help with. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah. I haven't been picked better guess. I haven't been there in a while, Rick. I ain't seen you in a while, Andrew. I ain't been to Rainbow because of all this, whatever is going down. But I tell you what, yeah, me neither. That place is magical, and I got some experiences in my memory from that place. Definitely, no doubt. Yeah, no know. doubt. You and Ron Jeremy. I was um, I was in Los Angeles recently, guys, and it's like I don't really like to go out much these days. But you know, I texted you guys because I was wondering if by chance you're at the Rainbow Room because for some reason. I like just have it in my mind that the only thing I want to do in LA now is go get a drink at the Rainbow Room with Andrew and Kimo. So, yeah. with with any luck, what yeah, that's uh, that that's recommended as the number one activity right now in Los Angeles. I don't. If doubt you can it. get a pass for that, like you can, Rick, that is absolutely better than most things going on in this crumbum city of ours right now with this garbage that, governor scumbag yeah, guards. <laughs> Here we go. All right. I got to say this guys, you know what? I, and John will, John will back this up. I always like do everything I can to avoid politics on this show, but fuck that. Let's do it today, man. Um, I, I know you both are politics. You do politics now. Okay. I guess it is. It's unavoidable. Hey, look, this is the Andrew Bernarski show today. So come on, no, 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 it's cool. I'm just, really, I'm I mean just reacting. I mean it. Yeah, I do. I mean, I'm just reacting to your comments. Uh, you know. You want to keep this? Uh, this we are. We are in a. Uh, we are in a retarded environment right now, and uh, with the scamdemic and all. All right, so let me ask you this. And, it's, and, uh, it's not a lot of fun. I want to ask you about this, and John's not going to believe I, I'm doing this because, again, I always avoid it like the plague. But let, let me ask you straight up. So you and, – and I won't even tell you what side of it I'm on. I don't want to get into my, my deal. But do you def, you definitely believe that this pandemic is not a real thing? It's a scam. All right. It's a scam. They invented a virus, but it's garbage. And uh, this was their plan to uh, destabilize America and the world. They want uh, Governor Wolf in Pennsylvania, that scumbag. He wants uh, 
He's got his transsexual uh, health minister talking about kids sports are going to have to wear masks now. And if they have uh, breathing problems that they shouldn't wear a mask, they're telling people at Gold's Gym out here. I know they're telling people if they have breathing problems, they shouldn't play sports. Gold's Gym out here now requires you to wear a mask when you're training. And they say, if you have trouble breathing, go home. I mean, the evidence is, is pretty clear. Science speaks to the fact well, that this is a scam. Here's a and more that here's wearing a, a mask. Here's a here's a more important political question. Garbage. All right, all right. Here's a more important question. Do you still go to the gym, dude? No, I haven't I haven't no, seen no, the inside no. of a gym in like three years. That's why Kimo clearly still goes right. to the gym. You can see that. I, I can't. Do. You can't train. Hey, Rick. They're, they're selling. They're selling <laughs> sports masks so you can rebreathe your CO two. And get in lung infection while you train. You know, fucking garbage. People telling me something or is secondhand, you know, whatever. I like to go off firsthand what I experience, you know, to get my to get my facts from. And like, here's an example. I yeah, I do go to the gym. I'm not gonna name the name because there's an inconsistency. You know, if this thing were for real, there would be because everything would be consistency all the way around. Meaning franchises would have the same rules in this city as they would in a totally different city. Well, this gym, I swim because I swim. That's what I do. Well, in the in the one where I live, you can't go in there and swim. It's closed. Now, in this other area, you wear a mask. In this other area, which is maybe twenty miles, away, you, you can go in. Uh, you can swim in your own lane. No mask. In the first place, well, come up there and they give you a. They check your. Uh, what is that? Your your temperature. Uh -huh. Other place they don't check your temperature. There's inconsistency there. No, I'll give you that, guys. I mean, if, if nothing else, everything is consistently inconsistent. That's for that's for damn sure. Kimo, I came back to the Maui well, Airport last get, week. I came back to Maui Airport last when week. You Kimo, to get, and I, I felt like it was in a third world country, man. It was. A <laughs> Go ahead, you're up. Please go up. Oh, when bro. you're trying to get chemo to stay in his lane, I have it all three together. Come on now. It was quiet for a second, but he's risen to the occasion. All right. But you know what I want to bring up now? All right. Like when I go swimming, you're talking about math. When I go swimming, I need floaties because I'm not a very good swimmer. Oh. And I, I've been, chemo, you know where this is going, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, Andrew, the closest I ever came yeah. to dying, closest I ever came to dying in my life, and I thought, as you know, like yourself, I've had a lot of near-death experiences. The closest, I almost drowned in Kauai. And that's because I was swimming with Kimo, man. You remember that, Kimo? Oh, yeah. I remember that. that hey, Kimo, you remember when you almost killed Rick? <laughs> you know, well, it wasn't that Kimo did it. You remember when you almost drowned Rick? <laughs> Rick, you can tell it. It's cool. I mean, Andrew, this was real. And you know what? I do want to tell it because I might have the story wrong after all these years. And if I do, tell me. But, all Andrew, right. we were filming a demo for yet another another hopeful reality series. And I was it was myself and Kimo, Adam Watts, who's a, a jiu-jitsu black belt and head instructor at my old gym, uh, Taurus Kebab. Truly, I mean, I, Taurus to me was one of the most talented guys I ever met, native Hawaiian, big wave surfer, fighter, uh, all nine yards. And a guy named Shava Greenlee, who's like the big wave surfing mm. guru on uh, on Kauai. So we're walking, we're talking. Next thing you know, we stop and we're at the edge of this cliff. And this cliff was, I, I, Kimo, I'm probably exaggerating after all these years, 
but I want to say we're 60 or 70 feet over the water. Does that sound about right? It was all right. I've jumped off a lot. You sure it wasn't about 15? You sure it wasn't about 15 feet, Rick? It was about five feet. <laughs> Five feet. Yeah, well, you know, I'm only I'm, a, I'm only five four, so my 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 height perception is a little off. But um, it was pretty that's damn high. Hey, that's all right. That's yeah, it was right. thirteen and a half feet. All right. It was high. Put it this way, man. The to to dive off this thing, which Taurus did, you're hitting the water pretty hard, and then you've got a long swim to get back to shore. And Taurus dove off. Adam dove off. I'm standing there going, I don't want to dive off this thing, but I look pretty bad if I don't at this point. So I turned to Shava, and Shava goes, well, aren't you guys coming? And I think he was talking to Kimo and I both. And I'm like, dude, I don't know, man. I'm not a very good swimmer, and that's a long way back to shore. He's like, bro, don't worry. I got you. I'm a lifeguard. It's cool. I'm like, okay, great. So I jump off. I didn't dive. And when I landed in the water, I hit so hard, I blew my knee. And I started to swim and swim and swim. And the shore, the shoreline is getting further. It's not getting closer. There and was some bit of riptide. Sorry, Kimo? There's a little bit of a riptide. It's where the, yeah. where the water is going out. There's a little bit and of current. Yes, for sure. A little bit. Not a lot, but enough where you just weren't, at least I wasn't making progress. And, and Andrew, I didn't panic, but I remember clear as day going, wow, this is it. I've got nowhere to go. There's nowhere around. I'm about done. And right when I thought that, I saw Taurus turn around and start swimming back toward me. And Taurus rescued me. He definitely did. If he had not turned around, I positively would have drowned. And I remember laying on the beach, feeling a little embarrassed until I looked down about 50 yards and I saw a chemo lying on the beach also. And then I felt a little better about myself because uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think um, you were assisted out of the water as well, were you not? You're being very kind, Rick. You know, I'm not giving it up. I'll give hey, it up. But I Rick. don't have nothing to hide. I got things that happen good, things that happen bad. I'm me through it, thick and thin. I'm who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, thanks for the trip. Thanks for the trip to Hawaii, Rick. I would love to have you, Andrew. I've got a, I've got an empty house, man. Anytime, please. I mean that seriously. I would love to have you here as my guest. Right. I truly would. It would, it would, it would it'd be a blessing and my pleasure both, my friend. Absolutely. My brother. Oh, so, love you, my bro. What are you guys up to in life now? I know you always have a lot of interesting projects, and, and life I know is interesting for you guys. What's what's going on in your worlds? You first well brother. I'm gonna I'm doing my podcast. It's called uh, Place at the Table with Andrew Bernarski. I'm starting in a few weeks and uh should be a lot of fun. Other than that, raising my daughter, living in the mountains, having a good time. Ignoring society, and it's garbage. So you live pretty isolated, right? Yeah, I mean, so, uh, the lockdown didn't really affect me too much. I'm pretty much up in the mountain community, small yeah. town, lots of nature. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's better than dealing with this bullshit in the fucking city right now. No, man, I couldn't agree with you. I live really isolated. You can't even see a neighbor from where I live. And, you know, it's like it's like I like to say, you know, I'll, I've been isolated before this. It makes being isolated almost like socially acceptable or cool. So all good by me, man. Yeah, my neighbor, my neighbor is a 19,000 acre state park. Nice. That's a good way to live, man. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, Not bad. You know, on your podcast, are you going to have guests or what's what's the format? Have you worked that out yet? 
Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have guests. I have uh, I have some special treats. We're trying to get James Woods right now, and uh, I've got uh, some cast of characters. My boy Black Metal Omar, who uh, is going to come on to discuss Black Lives Matter with me. Uh, I've got this uh, hot little Fox News type chick who you you'll all enjoy. Who's a little firecracker. And uh, we're going to talk about politics, life, and uh, everything else in between. Current events. So, Andrew, what do you think is going to happen in this country in November? Not what you hope, but what do you think is going to happen? I know you stay, you know, people like, I know you stay up on this stuff. You're a lot more educated about it than I am, for sure. I don't know what's going to happen in November. What do you think? uh, The Democrats are going to try to steal the election. It'll be their... 32nd coup attempt. Um, more bullshit. I mean, what I hope happens afterwards is uh, I hope we start hanging these dirty politicians by fucking their necks until they're dead in well, the public square, put it on paper view. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see some, I'd like to see some uh, American patriots exercise their constitutional right to armed insurrection against uh, tyrannical governors which I think are uh, biggest problem in this country right now. Uh, so, they basically bought and sold America for their own, for their own cause, for their own wealth. And uh, in the constitution, it says that you must overthrow tyrannical government uh, governments by force. So it's not something one person can do, but uh, I'd, I'd love to see a bunch of armed patriots form a militia and take some of these governors down and throw them out of town. So if that uh, if Which that were not happen, law, not against the law, I, I think that's the way you prevent civil war, which is what they're trying to do in this country. You mm-hmm. remove the uh, instigating forces, which is the deep state and the Democrats and uh, everybody who uh, profits on the selling of America and destroying our great nation. OK, here's what I don't understand. And I'm not being sarcastic. I really want to know what um, I think is Trump, no, Trump will still be our president. Well, I, Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So here's a question that I truly don't understand. And if you would give me your, your take on it, I would appreciate it. So you're, you're, you're saying that you know, there's a tyrannical government led by the Democrats, yet the Republicans when, when still you oppress have... the people. No, no, fair enough. I understand. Yeah, that. Well, it, but how are the Democrats? Legally, it's hard enough. Well, let me, let me just ask this question and I'll get it out. Then I'll shut up. If the Democrats are doing that, how do they have the power to do that if they're not holding the top offices federally and if they're not controlling the Senate? You're saying it's state by state? I just want to make sure I understand. Well, yeah. Look at the tyrannical government who opposes the people, who oppresses the people. Look at Governor Newsom. Gruesome Newsom. Look at what he's doing. He's trying to destroy the way of life in California, destroy the economy. He's taking away our personal liberties and freedoms. It's uh, They try to pose themselves as, as if this is law. This is not law. You talk about the House and the Senate. None of this is ratified law. This is all bullshit. This is him trying to do a power grab and oppress the people, which the Constitution expressly forbids. When the Constitution is ignored, uh, you know, we have problems. And the Constitution says that when a elected official, when a governor or when a leader uh, who's elected by the people for the people to uh, respect and uh, obey and serve the demands and the needs of the people. Instead, when they become oppressive and tyrannical, they need to be removed, if necessary, by force. Hey, uh, and that's a duty. 
That's your duty as an American in the Constitution. The the art of war is good too. The ultimate victory, victory without conflict. They got us doing things without even touching us. People are giving in to us. I mean, they know they got a whole set on here, man. All right, so so guys, a question, and this this is probably like um, politics for dummies. Question, me being the dummy because I truly don't have answers for this stuff, and I won't. You know, I'm not saying I'm Republican, Democrat, in between, whatever. Forget what position I'm coming from. Let's say I don't have one. What, what I'm trying to understand there, there's a lot of reference to the word they, and to my understanding, again, I'm a neophyte man. I don't get this shit. If if the federal government right now is for the you know, ostensibly Republican controlled, and if the Senate is, who, who is they that has the ability to execute all well, the power? Well, here's the, here's, the, here's the deal, Rick. Yep. Um, you have these Democratic governors that are elected in these uh, pussified states, um, and basically they control the state. You have the federal government. It's hard for Trump to remove House of Representatives, you know, legally, it's a lot harder for them to move governor, remove governors and members of the House without a backlash. Uh, it's not the way that things are normally done. It's a constitutional duty, though, of Americans to remove oppressive regimes. And I think Trump would actually support that if the people were to remove some of these governors. And as far as the House goes, term limits is probably a more sensible uh way to deal with that no, yeah, yeah people like that Chris Pelosi who's been in office for so many years you have these people making uh you know it's it's not the billionaire president who sacrifices his salary and becomes uh, unpopular that uh, you should worry about you have to worry about the politician who becomes a multi-millionaire in office okay let me ask you guys a personal question kind of related to all this so let, let's say that everything blew up and, and anarchy or a rebellion took hold. Andrew, would you come down? It's not off anarchy. No, okay. It's not rebellion. anarchy. What, what's the, the opposite of anarchy? Anarchy is what Antifa and these bullshit uh, Democrats are pushing because they basically sold America to the highest bidder and are trying to destroy America. They want to dismantle America and they want a new world order and they want, uh, you know, uh, one world government. It's no fucking secret. So it's about money, dirty money. All right. So rebellion personal takes hold. Whatever, whatever word yeah. you label it, here's a personal question I have for you and for Kimo also. Rebellion takes hold. Let's call it draining. Let's call it draining call the swamp. Okay, draining, draining the swamp. The swamp. Take, draining the swamp takes hold. Do you come off the mountain to participate, or do you stay where you are? Okay. Um, boy, I mean. If I did participate, they'd be hoping I wear a uh, wear a mask. <laughs> I mean, good thing I don't. So, if I did, they might know it's me. Uh, you know, but uh, one person can't do this. You know, uh, you go after the governor with one person, and uh, you're in trouble. You're going to jail. You go after the governor with a militia, and you remove him from office as a patriot, and that's a different story. But uh, you know. It hasn't been tried, but I think the uh, alternative is, is uh, you know, civil war. And I don't think anybody wants that. Americans are being divided and used as pawns against each other. And it's a shame. Um, but you hypocrites. 
But, but, but it can't continue. It can't continue indefinitely the way it's it, the way it's going. So it, something's going to happen, and, and that's my two cents. That's my bet. When you got a question, right. I personally, I personally like to see armed, in, armed insurrection against these governors uh, mm -hmm. than I would a civil war. Definitely. Which I, uh, you know, I think that would. It's just when that you got that if the government did this, you know, for example, vaccines. Is there something in the vaccine or not? You shouldn't question it. You shouldn't question the motive when they do something, you know? Yeah. Yet, questioning it because let us poison you. You know, they got bad past history. History is, you know. Um, hey John, uh, okay. producer John, I gotta have a note to our producer. Please don't put any comments up on the screen, John, that are are left or right, only because we do stay in the middle here, and we don't want to be seen, we being the podcast, as supporting either side. I want to hear every side, of course. But let's keep the comments that are on one side or the other off the screen, please. Thank yes, you, guys. You don't, go it. ahead. <laughs> yeah, I don't good, care good, about good, you. Andrew, good, no, Andrew, because I'll tell you. My, no, they were agreeing. The comments were agreeing with you. And I'm not saying oh, that. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, I, you know, that's great. John Orland Beauty, great guy. We actually had him as a guest yesterday. Um, he's I very interesting know, guy. Um, but but here's the thing, guys. Here here here's my position. It may sound really apathetic or uninformed. My, my position is like say about this virus. But I, I, I don't think I don't think we know yet. And what I say what I mean by that is I don't think we'll know for another couple of years till either no more people have died or millions of people have died. Hey, how, Rick, real, how real you're never gonna know. You're never going to know. It's so fake. You're never going to know how many people have died because people die every day. But the numbers they're uh, attributing to COVID are absolute fucking garbage. It's been proven. And, and that's, again, it's a scamdemic. It's a financial thing. You get $39,000 if somebody dies, uh, if you're a hospital from COVID-19. And uh, so they're, you know, the George Floyd died. He had COVID-19 when he died. Did you see that? Yeah, you know, I thought he was killed by police or in some reenactment thereof. But what do you get instead? He's he's got COVID nineteen now. They tested him. Why? Because if he if he dies from asphyxiation, the hospital, you know, they get a stipend, some little stipend. So if he dies, if he's got COVID nineteen that time of death, the hospital gets thirty nine thousand dollars for processing him. And so I mean, these you, are scams. Yeah, we, scams, we, we, scams, we, 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 We've gone into hospital after hospital and seen these empty hospitals that are supposed to be full. Bullshit. All bullshit. So, so, so do you think the George Floyd death was staged? No. There's a lot of evidence that points to the fact that it could be. Um, I'm not going to get personally into that. All right. Not well, really you, my you business. Mentioned that's all I'm asking. That's all you, you mentioned. So I, right. I think people. that I think that I think that police brutality is out of control. I think that all cops are bastards. And I think that, uh, you know, knee on his fucking neck like that. If it was real, I think it's fucking disgusting. Oh, no, no, no. And, I, don't uh, think, I don't think anybody disagrees with Rick, that. You know, you know jiu -jitsu, I'll say that there's a rear naked choke. There's an arm choke like I got tanked. There's a bunch of chokes. There's yeah, there's no knee on your fucking neck in the fucking ring. See how that guy's knee was? It's your forearm on the guy's neck. It doesn't really choke you out, but it smothers you after a while. And all that pressure on you after a while, you're not, it'll knock you out. Now, a knee. It's your, it's your carotid artery. 
So well, Kimo, so Kimo, how do how do you know anything about chokes? I don't understand. Oh, man. I'm just try, try, trying to lighten things up a little bit here, guys. That's um, like that's like asking Don Fry how to uh, for defense tips. I yeah. all right. That was cool. That was cool. Um, guys, what else? Let's talk about something fun like midgets or something. Um, you know, it's great. I, so what have uh, you been up to lately, Rick? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm doing? I don't really do anything. I hang out in my house on Maui uh, with my three pit bulls. My number one dog, you know Ramon Kimo. Ramon passed a couple months ago. And, you know, I'm yeah, still I'm processing that. That's hard. Um, but, guys, I, look, you, we've, we've all been to the bottom. We know that. The three of us have all been to the freaking bottom. And I had a pretty I've bad. to the end. <laughs> yeah, I had a pretty yeah, bad. Look down. I had a pretty rough ten-year run, guys. And it's like when I got to Maui, and I just kind of like decompressed, and I'm still decompressing two years later. I'm living up here, enjoying being like in solitude with my dogs. I'm working on my podcast. I'm doing a lot of service work these days. I do seriously. I'm just trying to be a better person and trying to help people any way that I can. That might sound a little, you know, a little like a fantasy life or it might sound like not being very engaged in these divisive and challenging times. But, man, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to, to toe the middle road and do my best I can by everybody. That's my answer for you. That, that's, that's, Take the red. That, that's Aloha. You got some Hawaii gut rubbing off on you, bro. You know, laid back, chilling. Good weather, good food, good people. Yep, yep. You know? Yep. Pakalola. Pakalola. Tom, Tom Erickson is watching. Tom Erickson, the big cat, says hello right. to you. I wanted to pass that on. Oh, yeah. Always like, you know, you know Tom, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know Tom is platinum uh, flat top. Absolutely. Right. Hey. Tom Howard, shout out. Oh, uh, hey, which one name did you say, Rick? Tom, Tom Eric, Tom Erickson. Okay, big guy, wrestler. Tom Eric, mean cat. Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, you see how I got serious right there? That's called respect. Respect, brother. Absolutely. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. He's a really good dude too. Yeah. Um, so, so Andrew, the people that you were talking about for your podcast, like the real, like the girl you talked about, are they going to be like regulars on your show? Is it? Are you putting a whole crew together, or is it? Are these? Yeah, guests? we'll see. We'll see how interesting they are. But I mean, uh, it's, a, it's a concept that I'm working on. It's kind of a it's kind of a whack pack. You know, I lost a lot of friends there, baby. You know, time to look around. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, Kimo, Kimo, what are you up to, man? You're living in Los Angeles. What, what's Money going on in your world, my friend? What's up? What's down? Is it GE? Is it uh, Tesla? I'm doing stocks. I'm doing stocks. I'm doing the market. Duh. <laughs> Can't you tell? Don't judge. Short. Don't, don't judge a book all by all its cover. All the good stuff. <laughs> so right. how you how you uh, how you feeling physically and all that? You look like you're in good shape. Everything yeah, I know, cool? I got to front it off real good, bro. I know uh, how to you know. Do just enough to maintain what I put all my life through, you know. So, oh, I know. yeah. Hey, Rick, I might have Kimo as a guest to do stock tips. <laughs> I might have him. I might. 
I might have just added him to my uh, whack pack repertoire. Oh yeah, Kimo, you get Kimo. Are you uh, for real? Or have you been? Uh, you been playing the market? Are you trading, or is Andrew messing with us? Over a year now. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, you have. Yeah. Um, Kimo, you know Eddie Millis, our good friend Eddie Millis, gets up every morning at four a.m. and does that. That's like his whole life these days. That's hey, Rick. um, it, Rick. It trips you out. You guys are doing. Hey. Well, no, Kimo, Kimo doesn't get up. I don't even try. Kimo to doesn't get up. He just <laughs> he just starts at four a.m. No man, about <laughs> the market just winds me up, up at four a.m. I don't use no alarm clock. It just oh, right to the get that. That's because you ain't sleeping, fool. <laughs> no, I am. I am. <laughs> I used to sleep till one o'clock every day. <laughs> All right, world, you heard it here first. You can get your stock tips from Kimo Leopoldo. I am probably going to hit you up on that, man, because really? like every like everything else, I don't know anything about that either. Um, but I'd like to learn at this old age because if I can just stay home and not leave and support my dogs, I'm happy. You know, it's definitely so, potential. Amen to that. It's going. There's a lot of volatility. Volatility, excuse me, in the market. That's where the money's at. The ups and downs, and the more it does it, the more it's like a roller coaster. And right? are you um are you doing well? You doing well with the market? It's it's a daily thing though. I might be in a bad mood. I didn't do well that day. I did all right today, but it, overall, yeah, I'm still going like this. I've had some downs, but I'm most I'm on up, st still up. All right, man. So if if people watching this right now, like myself, are going, that's cool. How how do I get started? What do you tell someone that's never done it before? What's the first thing they should do? Take your take it easy, take a deep breath, and go and learn a little bit first. Learn the terminology, you know, vocabulary on the market. Learn what the, what people what they mean, the definitions of things like shorting a stock. Which means you're thinking it's going to go down. So you got to know the terminology to kind of understand your surroundings and then familiar yourself by doing some, there's platforms now, trading platforms that use paper money. You ain't using your, your cash. And so you learn how you learn how to get technique strategies. You know, you learn to see how the market moves and you get yourself familiar with it. You don't just go into old Turkey. All right. Fair enough. And that, so that's how you got started then. Yes. I got a friend. And what, what would I um like? Is there a place I could go online to like do that first part of research? Yeah, Where would I start there? You could go onto YouTube, or you can go onto platforms like Ameritrade, uh, Bull, Bull, uh, WeBull. All of those have like like I said paper platforms, so you can practice right doing uh, options. Which is, I mean, it's a, it's very sophisticated out there, bro. Yeah, I, I doubt much I get. That's interesting. Thank you for that, man. I appreciate it. And Andrew, what are you doing? What are you doing to to support the doggies, man? Are you you making movies, TV shows? What's going on? Oh, I'm just uh, doing my thing. I uh, this year was kind of thrown into chaos with all this uh, COVID garbage. Lost a lot of money, but uh, it's only money. I'm not too worried about it. I'm enjoying life. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that, man. Do you um is life enjoyable for you on the day in and the day out? You feel good every day when you wake up? Every fucking day. You got a nice I mean, that's every day. You got a nice pad, a lot of room. 
Yeah, no, I, and I feel the same way now, but it took me a long time to get there, Andrew, man, you know, from not waking up and yeah. you know, thinking that everything's a panic from, from the moment you start the day. I mean, I, I'm sure you're familiar with that feeling. Maybe you're not. I don't know. No, but, I've, um, I've, never, I've never panicked a day in my life. All right. Well, good. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's a blessing, man. That's a blessing for don't sure. Don't panic. <laughs> that's, and that's good advice. Because what, what does it get you? Nothing. That's for damn sure. Anxiety. Oh, sorry, G Money. Get you anxiety. G Money right here. Uh, who's that, Kimo? G Money, my friend dog. He wanted his little spot in the in the drawer. He kicks it in the drawer. Oh, that's yeah, killer, man. Yeah. So, Kimo, did you when, before we got on the air today? You were saying you are gonna get another dog, or you're not gonna get one? No, I've I've had uh, two dogs, you know. All that time and all that with them. I mean, I'm glad and I enjoyed them and I have memories with them, but I'm not. I'm not gonna put myself through that ever again. It's too much. It's, um, dude, it's fucking brutal, isn't it? Yeah, it's brutal. When, oh, can I like? I'm still crushed that Ramona's gone. It's only two months, but I mean, I, I've talked to people that are you know five years, ten years past a dog passing, and they're they're still in that space. I'm, so I, uh, my little man was about over five years. I still have dreams and wake up. Oh, he's not here. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, man, I think that's um, – th this will probably sound blasphemous, but I think it's kind of like God's cruelest design, really, that we get these amazing creatures in our life, and when they come in, we know they're going to be gone way too early. I mean, yeah. we know that going in. We still we still subject ourselves to it, but I guess it's just our nature. I don't know. That's called heart. Not everybody has heart like that, Rick. Come on now. You know this. <laughs> yeah. Well, you and I and Andrew are all dog people, man. Where I mean, Andrew, you had like fifteen dogs at one point at the most, didn't you? Oh, they weren't mine. I was rescuing them and doing fosters. You know. Well, you were still you were taking care of that many at one time, though. More than that. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Hey, have have um have either of you guys, Kimo, you ever been up to Linda Blair's place? Up no. No, I never made it there. Okay, man. If you ever want to go, let me know. I'm I mean, I mean, yeah, I would see, I'm see surprised because she's such a warm and welcoming person. <laughs> Linda's <laughs> awesome, man. Come on, she can be a little out there, but Linda's good people, and uh, okay, oh, uh, she's one of my best friends. She truly is. I know what you're talking about. I get it, but I love her, and I love that she's taking care of that many dogs at one time, and. Uh, I always like bringing people up there just to see the work and to see the pups. It's a pretty cool experience. That's all. That's yeah, all. look, the lighting just kind of gave me a French goatee now. You see that? Changed you know, it up a little for the show. It's a good look for you. The lighting before was right across your chin, so you yeah. actually looked like Santa Claus for a while. Your beard was white. Yeah, I know. You couldn't, I see, you couldn't see anything else. That was yeah, awesome. That's, that last, I saw yeah, that. Yeah, that framework, that one. Reggie. Beard, beard lives matter. So, Kimo, who are you in touch with amongst the old crew these days, man? You talking to anybody? No, man. I'm just. Where's uh, where's Taurus Kebab? Have I haven't talked to Taurus in a long time? I haven't talked to him in a while. I got me a new bike, and I've just been riding. And I ain't really been hanging out with anybody. I've just been riding, just going. You get my Taking, bike. Uh... Go for it, Rick. Where you where you been riding? Like around town? You taking road trips? What are you doing? Just I find a uh, I go on a map. I open it up. 
like a, on Google, I see something green. I, and I open that window and I find out where it's at, how to get there, and I just go for a ride. Just random, no, no set destinations really. I always thought it'd be really cool right. to do um, a reality show like called like Road Dogs or something like that. Like you, Andrew, a couple guys getting on bikes and just cruising it. Um, I know it's kind of sort of been done in a bunch of different ways, but um, that'd be pretty cool. Just a random yeah, thought. Be cooler. If, you, if you're cooler than Norman Reedus, it'll work. What if you don't know what it is? Well, he's, oh. he's got the show, Ride. Ah, ah. Yeah, right with Norman Reedus. It is like that, isn't it? If you remember, we pitched that show years ago. Not not like we had the idea first, and we were close at one point. But you know how that goes, Andrew. You've been in television and movies for so long. You you know how that goes. Um, Andrew, take well, over. Yeah, that's the way it used to work. That's the way it used to work. Now with podcasts, uh, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to wait or pitch anything to anybody. You just do what you want to fucking do. So if um, much better state of affairs. So what what other projects like if, if you could put any show on TV right now, what would you put on? What's in that? What's in that brain of yours, man? What would I put on? Yeah. What would, what would your what would I mean, your I just look like? at the show like uh, in the same way. We'll find out soon enough. Fair, fair enough. We'll find out soon enough. I mean. I don't know. There's there's some things that I'd like to do. Uh, I want to start the podcast first to see how that goes. And then, uh, you know, what kind of hijinks follow after that, we'll see. But I think TV is pretty much not where you start anymore. I think you start with podcasts and do your own content. Uh, then there's, you know, you can put it up on YouTube and there's other ways to go. YouTube Red, there's other different ways to market it. But you take a guy like uh, Action Bronson, who... Uh, He's got that show, Fuck That's Delicious, which is basically him and a bunch of fat friends smoking pot and eating food. And uh, they put it on YouTube and it got picked up by Vice Network because there's more and more networks that will buy content for their network that is already established and produced and uh, on air and available. So I think uh, there's no reason to wait to do these things anymore. You just go ahead and if you believe in it, you do it. And then, you know, you might end up on TV. Yeah, but build that all important social media following, and next thing you know, yeah, there you, you watch TV, Andrew. That's right, Andrew. You watch TV? Uh, I watch History Network and shit like that. I watch Pawn Stars, um, Ancient Aliens, fucking great show. Um, I watch, I watch things that interest me. Uh, usually history. I don't watch a lot of dumb shit. So you watch ABC or NBC or, or Channel 11? History Channel. History Channel. Not Geo. Right on. Sometimes I watch uh, Vice. I watch uh, Two Chains. I do strictly yeah. YouTube. That's it. I don't have, I don't watch no yeah. TV, no, no television. I'm strictly on YouTube. Yeah, Kimo, we're yep. up on... Um, we're we're way up uh, way up on Olinda in Upper Mokawile, and yeah. uh, we don't we don't we don't even have the opportunity to have cable here, which is fine by me. I haven't uh, it doesn't exist up here, so that's great. What about uh, how's your internet connection up there? Uh, there's no internet. There's 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 only one company on the island that does internet. Uh, 
I forget the name of it. I don't have it, obviously, because they also don't service up here. So I, I work my email off my mobile hotspot. So yeah. if, as long as your mobile connection is good, you can do that. But that's pretty much your option, which is fine. I'm glad not to have a uh, remote control and a whole bunch of channels to uh, to surf around and watch dumb shit, like Andrew said. It's a, it's a waste of time and brain space, if you ask me. Pretty interesting world out there these days and uh, a lot of ways to get information. And Andrew, I totally agree with you, by the way, starting with the podcast, man. That's the way to go these days. You can you can control your own destiny. And I know you've always been yep. a guy who's controlled your own destiny. Yep. And uh, this is probably the best the best opportunity yep. in history, in the entertainment industry, certainly, to uh, to create your own product and call your own shots. So I'm uh, legitimately looking forward to whatever craziness 100%. or or sanity is going to ensue on your show. That'll be pretty cool. And uh, yeah, yeah. let me. It's Let insanity me, disguised as insanity. Fair enough. That, that's a good tagline. It's insanity. Man. It's I only like disguised it. as insanity. Yeah. In a crazy world, you just got to keep it fucking real, Rick. Yeah. What's real now, man? It's hard to find out. It's hard to know what's real not nowadays. You know what's real, chemo. I know what's real because I test it. I taste it. I'll bite it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. So, so Kimo, on the, on, on the subject of keeping it real, so there's people out there, you know, that, that look up to you as obviously one of the, you know, one of the best known MMA icons of all time. So you get, there's a lot of idolization or, or even worship, if you want to call it that. Let's say there's a young person out there watching you right now. And this person is just lost because of all the shit that's happening in society. You're breaking up, Rick. <laughs> uh oh, Kimo, did, did you get that? I can't hear you. Oh no, I had a, I had no, like the deep, I had no, the deep you, heavy you question. Broke up, you. Right? All right, Kimo, what would you tell somebody out there, young person in their early twenties, who has no direction right now? They're looking up to you as they 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 idolize you. They know who you are. You're doing well. This person doesn't know what they're doing tomorrow. What, what word of advice would you give anybody about keeping it real or keeping their shit together in these times? People are people. People have good days. People have bad days. Some things they do is put value on it. Some things they do don't have value on it. Don't look to a person for maybe you get parts of them, but not as a whole. And uh, test, not test it, but experience it. Don't go by hearsay. Go by experience. No. One day at a time. One day at a time. One, one, one day, day at a time. time. That's, that's for sure. It's always a fresh day. Attitude. Don't Start with attitude. Me. Pick an attitude. Yeah. You're either going to be depressed or you're going to suck or you're going to have a positive outlook. Then you wake up, you open your eyes, you look in front of you, you get ideas in your head, you sleep on them. Then you go out into the world and you see what it has for you, you see what's up, what's doing, and then you go and you get yours. That's how it goes. Just live. Live you be happy. Do it. Do it makes you happy. Yep. That's something we can all this agree on, dress, man. This is not a dress rehearsal. Don't wait. Yep. No, that's great advice. We all, we can yep. all agree on that. It's people a choice. That too much people that think too much and don't do, there's only so much you're going to be able to do looking out the front door to know about the world. Until you leave the house and you take a few steps and you walk a little bit, you're not going to know what the fuck's out there for you. You can only see so far from where you're standing. So you got to get up and you got to move something. You got to go and find it. Get it. Get it. 
than be tenacious. Well, good, man. I, I, I appreciate you both. Thank you for that. And I, we're, we're at an hour. I don't usually like to uh, impact people for any more than that. I, I always want to ask John, who's a great, great producer. 47 minutes. I've got 55. 47 minutes of fun. Oh, right up there live. You were right. I was looking at the four o'clock hour. We started a little late, didn't we? You're right. You're right. You tried to, try to give us you trying to give us the boot, huh, Rick? Hell, hell no, Andrew, I can listen to you all day. You know, laying the boots in. Why you gotta lay the boots into us early, Rick? <laughs> Andrew Bernarski, you know I've listened to you all day and often have, man. So it is it is my uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's my privilege and pleasure. Let me, John, John, do you have any questions for Andrew and for Kimo? Well, throw it out, man. John, well, Rick, John, well, John's got a bunch of his own podcast, Andrew. Very good, very good producer and interviewer. So, John, well, and, go. Andrew, you were a trained professional wrestler. Why did Rick kick you out of the school UPW? Oh, God. Nice. Uh, kick me out? I didn't know I was kicked out. That's I what he said. He's, he's John likes to create controversy, man. And I don't Andrew, know about that. I'll tell you, I went to Connecticut. Uh, I worked with uh, Tom Pritchard. I got in a ring with Giant Silva. They told him to go to the top rope. They told me to take a drop kick from the center of the ring with Giant Silva. I took a drop kick from Giant Silva. I went back about 100 miles an hour to the top rope. Backwards, my plan was to push down on the back ropes and flip out on my feet facing the ring. And uh, whoever set the ring up, I don't know if this was intentional, but uh, the ropes were loose, and uh, the rope went all the way down to the ring apron. I barely flipped out, smashed both of my fucking – smashed my head and both of my shins at once, and uh, it was not a lot of fun. I ended up – Looking at the ring, uh, <laughs> I saw Taz and I saw Giant Silva, and I had no idea what was going on. I was like, oh, a wrestling ring. I like that. Uh, my plan. <laughs> That's interesting. Andrew. Then I went to the hospital, got some pain pills, and uh, which were confiscated by members of staff for their own <laughs> personal use. <laughs> and uh, let's just say I think that was my last foray into professional wrestling. Andrew, I have never heard that story before. I did not know that, man. That's fucking crazy. Wow. I, I remember you going back east. I remember that. I don't remember. Yeah, you were a beast, man. No doubt about it. I mean, I'm lucky. I, I'm lucky. I I'm lucky. I remember it. I, I that is crazy. A giant silver dropkick from the top. Holy shit! That just sounds like a, a whole badly conceived idea from the get go. <laughs> I was game. I was game, but, uh, you know, it was not my fucking – it was not my day. That's a horrible, horrible idea. Horrible idea. Man, wow. Uh, and I don't know – I don't know – I don't know how the ropes could have been that loose unless it was intentional. I had a similar fucked-up experience with WCW. They didn't want to book – they wanted to book me. Paul Orndorff was a fucking piece of shit, and – uh they they fucked me over there too. With uh, by the time I got taped, it was I had to do like ten thousand fucking Hindu squats for a week before they wanted to tape my match with somebody that was completely green, never been in a ring in their life, never tied up. It was a fuck fest. And um, 
you know, those ropes being loose at WWE headquarters and going all the way down to the floor, that's a little fucked up, too. And, uh, you know, well, dude, uh, something are meant to be. What happened with Arnold? No Dude, I actually almost got in a fight with Paul Orndorff in a dressing room in New York. Paul Orndorff was, uh, was like, I looked up to Paul Orndorff. I always, I was, you know, I, I became quite the muscular guy. And uh, Paul Orndorff, when I was a kid, he was one of the few guys with a physique yep. and, uh, who I admired. And, um, he was just the biggest piece of fucking shit. You know, he didn't like that Kevin Nash was sending me to be booked and uh, with Terry Taylor's support. And uh, I ended up. Uh, in a bunch of politics with Paul Orndorff, who was trying to push um, his own agenda, have his own guys booked, and uh, total sabotage, total piece of shit. And it, it left. Um, I called him out, told him he wanted to step outside. I was going to fucking rearrange his face. Piece of shit. This is Orndorff. I had a similar situation with him, man. That's trippy. I had no idea, man. I'm glad. Mr. Wonderful. Uh, Mr. 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 Cocksucker. Right. Uh, man. John, John, ask another question. Look what look what can of worms you open. This is awesome. What else you got? Well, what yeah, that's about, how I got kicked out. That's how I got kicked out of wrestling. <laughs> well, what about uh, chemo? You and Ke you and Ken Shamrock. How'd you, how chemo? Chemo, how'd you get kicked out of UPW? <laughs> <laughs> I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask Kimo, what was the uh, the feud with Ken Shamrock? Was that legit feud for all those years, or was that a little bit played up for you know for pay per view? The, the the beef with Shamrock was it wasn't towards him. It was the fact he stopped the fight so fast. Like it just still bothers me, man. You know, nothing personal with Shamrock. Nothing Kimo. personal. From from all the guys that that you fought like earlier, not earlier, throughout your career. I mean, I fell. Yeah, I fell on. I got caught with something. I fell on my butt. But as soon as I fell on my ass, I got right back up, and I'm headed. Yeah. To, I'm engaged, going towards them, and they stopped the fight. I mean, I thought there was like ultimate fighting. You're supposed to get hit. Let him get hit a couple times. Where's the sleep? And he's bouncing off the day. Stop it. But I mean, come on. The guy's going towards him. He's uh, totally. I mean. Coherent, everything's everything in my brain was going good, except for they stopped the fight. And I'm walking towards him, he's backing hey, up. I mean, that bugs me. Hey, they like they like to fuck your fights, didn't they, Chemo? Yeah, like Bob Sapp. That's another one that fucked oh. with me for years. I told you. Oh, I, I never got it. I don't, I'm still not over. I'm still not over how they fucking the the bullshit on that. That was that really is some bullshit. That was really. I was there, Andrew. I was there for that one. And Kim, well, Kimo will tell you what that was. That was the Japanese, you know, in in their infinite. They had a guy. The, they know, had a guy in the ring. For God's sake, fights over, you know. Yeah, I and Kimo's know. fucking I standing know, there, and next thing you know, the guy leaves. Kimo gets sucker punched, yeah. and they count him out. That's and I'm like, what I, the fuck? I like to. Guys in the ring is the guy. The guy at his corner in the ring, motherfuckers. No That's the end of the fight. No time limit. No weight classes. Anything goes. That way there's no oops. Oops. How the hell are you going to have an oops in a fight? You know what I'm saying? Oops. Stop the fight. Oops. I did it again. You know how we do it, bro. Come on now. <laughs> we do it. away. That's who won. The other guy lost. What the hell was Bam Bam Bigelow thinking getting into a fight with you? What the hell was that all about? 
he wanted to know, I guess. I guess he wanted to know. He was supposed to be a badass. They, they said he was a badass. Yeah, I guess he needed to prove it. Find yeah. out. It was, a, it was a good day for me. That was a good one. John, anything else, man? The Sakuraba hey, Kimo, fight. Would you consider fighting? Sakuraba. When I fought in Japan, yes. they always try to come up with rules to, to make the fight last longer. Like When I fought Sakuraba, I wasn't allowed to punch his face on the ground. Which, 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 in a term of me being mounting him, would mean I couldn't punch him in the face if I mounted him, which would make the fight last longer. But I always would say headbutts allowed, because if you grab my hands, I still get him with my head. And so, like when he when he balled up and went in that turtle position, which is trying to buy time, and you know, I I almost, you can see in the tape, I I'm about to hit him in the face, and I open my hand and I I hit him like that. That fight. Is when I had a whole different meaning. K dog. No longer did I. I K dog. I remembered fights. I, I you know, it, it made me. Uh, I don't even know, need to know the word for it right now, but it enlightened me. It enlightened me, and it just. K dog. You know, that rule did. Until then, there was no rules. That rule was the first time the rule caught me. Right when I was nailing it, rule. Oh. So I don't like rules. K dog. I don't like to be stopped. Kimo. Yes, Andrew Bruno. Who would win a fight? Who would win a fight? Bam Bam Bigelow or Deuce Bigelow? I'm calling Deuce Bigelow. I do. I would just based on that. Based on that fight he had in the yard in prison. I mean, took out Big Rasta. Yeah, yeah. Definitely tougher guy, Deuce Bigelow. Yeah, Plus, he's a male gigolo. You know, you got to give him yeah. some love. Got to give him props for that. No doubt about it. Yeah. Well, but on that note, Rick Bassman, that note, Rick, Rick Bassman male gigolo. What about that as a topic? No, hey. you know what, man? That that phase of my life is over. Thankfully, I don't think I got the goods anymore, man. But um, you know, I I did that. I did the all midget version of Thunder from Down Under for a while. It was fun while it lasted. Now it's over. But thanks for. Uh, Thanks for bringing it up. I appreciate it. Hey, Rick, I don't want to let you, I don't want to let people down and I want to continue, you know, to have a, to peak interest in your podcast. I want to know, are you ever going to have a podcast about Mark Kirk grabbing balls under the table at uh, Benny Hanna? You know, I don't remember that. I have Mark, by the way, Mark's, Mark's wife is watching and she said hello to you guys. That's awesome. Um, hey, Don, how are I'm you? Sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I don't, I don't know about that story. Hey, I don't know. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'll ask Mark next time I talk with him. Absolutely. Right. Now, now we've got subject matter for my next special work. It was a sports bar, actually. You know, maybe it's uh, from a wrestling background. Maybe it's a legitimate hold, Andrew. I don't know, but I will ask Mark um, that you wanted to know. It's a type. It's a type of type of chokehold. Is that okay? Yeah. Choke the balls. Well, John, if you're, uh, stroke the shaft. Don, if you're um, if you're still watching and you're with Mark, why don't you ask and put the comment up? <laughs> we can say what uh, we can answer Andrew's question here. Ah, yeah. All right, you guys, man. I was, really watching, that, I was watching Don Fry. I was watching our boy Don Fry with that fight against the Rod Stewart haircut guy again today. That was some fucking slugfest. 
Wait, wait, wait. Oh, with uh, Takayama you're talking about? Yeah. What a fucking, what a fucking fun little you dance. You know I fought Takayama? I, I do know you fought Takayama, yeah. of course. You yeah. made a rule. I it just came up. It just came up. That's why I, I that's why I thought of it. Face. So I open palmed him to the face. But yet he fought. Kimo, you fought a lot of big bastards. He fought me first before he bought, fought Fry. Maybe it was from fighting me. I don't know. But he made that rule where he couldn't punch him to the face. But he fought Fry all the way, anything goes. Uh-huh. Boom, boom, boom. So, yeah, I mean, where did he get punched in the face? Oh yeah, yeah. That, that, that was that was pretty brutal. <laughs> Kimo, Kimo, Kimo's always managed to draw the big guys, though. You're right. I remember we went to Hawaii together that time, Kimo. When you fought, remember that guy Marcus Royster? Oh yeah, that was oh, yeah. probably the biggest fighter I'd ever seen at that point in my life, man. I know. What was, you won that fight, of course. You 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 wore the guy down. It was masterful. Um, like, what's it like when you first get in against a guy like that and you don't know anything about him? So I'm guessing you probably didn't know about him. I, I didn't know. I knew he was big. I knew he's a puncher, kicker, whatever, and that he's strong. That's all I needed to know. Except for he's a lot better than I uh, prejudged or had preconceived ideas. I, I didn't even know who I was fighting till I saw him at the when we were in Hawaii. I didn't see no pictures before or anything like I that. I remember. Uh, yeah, no, none of us knew anything about the guy, though, and he was just a giant humanoid. But uh, you know what I do remember? That you took us over afterward to meet Uncle Eddie on the North Shore, which I have to thank you for still after all these years. That was really cool. Still friends with those guys to this yeah. day, which is a nice thing. The Huey clothing, man. Shout out right there. Uncle Eddie right there. Shout out to Uncle Eddie, man. All right, guys, I'm going to let you all go. It's really good to see both of you. And I owe you uh, owe you guys a drink at the Rainbow Room next time in L.A. Or drink or three or five or whatever. All right. All right, it's on. Thank you, Andrew. Chemo. Thank you, Chemo. Very good to see you guys. Chemo, much love. Thanks What's for up, having man? us, Rick. Thank you, Andrew. Really good to see you, man. Take care, guys. All right. Uh, John, are you still there? I am still here. I, I truly do love both of those guys. I knew it was going to be a bit crazy, and, and it was, but I thought that was fun, man. Um, I, I don't have my, my normal post-show questions for you. I'm glad we uh, I'm glad we got through it. I'm really glad we got Andrew and Kimo on. Thank you for making it happen. John Pozorowski of the two-man power trip. Um Thank you very much, Kimo Leopoldo. Thank you, Andrew Bernarski. Thank you to the many that are out there watching. I always appreciate your support. Rick Bassman here on Thursday afternoon, Maui time, signing off for Talking Tough. Have a great night, everybody. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that!